I'm going to tell you what I want to talk about in, in, in summary. I want to talk about how uh, we want to have a relationship with God where we hear Him talking to us, we feel Him moving through us, we want those things, but causing that or igniting that kind of relationship with God is such a mystery. If it were not a mystery, we could just easily just flip that switch. But you want God to be in your life. You want to be able to hear him as clearly as you hear me. But making that or causing that to happen is a mystery. And so oftentimes we just kind of sit back and say, I don't know how to make that happen or cause that to happen or knock over the first domino or ignite that kind of relationship. And because I don't know, well, I'll just settle with what I got. Um, It's very difficult to wrestle through this mystery of having this relationship with a God we cannot see in the middle of stress and problems. It's very difficult to do that. Let me talk about those stress and problems uh, just for a second. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, reads like this. For we are not fighting against our mother-in-law. We are not fighting against our boss. We are not fighting against Uncle Sam. We are not fighting against our president or the Democrats or the Republicans or the independents. We're not fighting against our neighbor. We're not fighting against our spouse or our kids. We're not fighting against them. Are you guys reading a different version of the Bible? I guess this is the Frankie International version. I don't know. But we, the Bible says we are not fighting against flesh and blood. So if you ever think that you have an enemy in your life, look at that person who's causing you trouble. Determine if they have flesh and blood. If they do, that's not who you're fighting. If you can honk their nose, that's not who you're fighting. Who you're fighting falls into three categories in this same verse. But against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, you can't honk a nose that's in the unseen world. Against mighty powers, number two, in this dark world... And, number three, against evil spirits in the heavenly places. This is who you're fighting. So, you and I, we want a relationship with God that is so close. We don't have to wonder, is that you talking to me? Is that me talking to me? It's, we want that. But we're too busy fighting All of these spirits that don't rest. Do you know you never, ever get a day off? Satan can't stand you. You never get a day off. 
every single day. And you say, well, how does he fight me? I, I, I'm so glad you asked. Here we go. We read this. It's in the same chapter, just a few verses later. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 16. In addition to all these, hold up your shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. This is how he fights you. He takes an arrow, lights it on fire. He's got plenty of it. You awake? Everybody awake? Is this on? I got my Britney Spears microphone. Lights it on fire and shoots it into your life. Have you ever had a problem come out of nowhere? Have you ever watched National Geographic and seen a deer get hit by an arrow? Some of you have launched that arrow. A deer? You're just living your life. You wish you didn't answer that phone. You wish you didn't bump into that person. You wish you didn't even wake up that day. You wish you would have just skipped that whole day. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday. Just skip an arrow. Boom. So while we're fighting these spirits, these arrows that we're calling, oh, my ex-wife. No, 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 no. It's flesh and blood. It's all smoke and mirrors. Straight from hell. While you're fighting all that deep on the inside, you have a longing to be close to God. But we're so busy fighting. So we back up and we say, this is a mystery how we can be human beings, fight off the hordes of hell, and be close to God. That's a mystery on how to pull that off. Paul says it this way in Philippians chapter 4, verse 12. He says this. He goes, I've learned how to abound and how to abase. In other words, I've learned how to have a lot. And I've learned how to have a little. Let me say it this way. I've learned how to have a good time and be at peace when things are going good. And I've learned how to be at peace when things are not going good. What I, my favorite part of that verse is the words, I've learned. In other words, the Apostle Paul, the guy who wrote more than half of the New Testament, he didn't just like, have something that you and I didn't have. He was the same way as you and I. He wanted a relationship with God, but all of hell is coming against him. He's fighting hell, all this stress and pressure. And then he said, I figured it out. It's not a mystery anymore. I figured it out. How I can... Have a lot and life be good or life can be bad and I'm still interacting with God. I have figured out the mystery. When Jesus was teaching in Matthew chapter 13, he looks at everybody and he says, let me tell you the mystery. Let me tell you how the kingdom of God 
operates. And all the people are like, finally. Because we want to have a relationship with God. We just don't know how to make that happen. So Jesus says, okay, I'm going to tell you how to make it happen. Once upon a time, there was a farmer. And he would throw seeds. Now, right away, the crowd is like, seriously? Jesus ignores them. Once upon a time, he threw seeds. And these seeds, he just threw them out everywhere. Some of the seeds would land on hard ground and it wouldn't grow. Some of the seeds would land on some ground that just had a little bit of soil and it would grow and then it would fall over. Other seeds he threw, it just landed right in the thorns and it got choked. And then there was other seeds that he threw that it landed in good soil and it grew. That's the revealing of the mystery. And the crowd is like, I, I don't get it. <laughs> I, we want to know how to be close to you. We want to know about the kingdom of God. And you're talking about gardening. You're talking about farming. You're talking about raising, like making cucumber. I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm more confused than I was before I started talking to you. Have you ever been talking to somebody and, and you just feel like, we're not connecting here. I, I found a video clip that I feel like uh, really brings color to, to my words. Uh, take, take a look at this. Name, please. Uh, Seinfeld, uh, you made a reservation for a midsize, and she's a small. <laughs> I'm kidding around, of course. Yes. Um, okay, let's see. Oh, I'm sorry, we have no midsize available at the moment. I don't understand. I made a reservation. Do you have my reservation? Yes, we do. Unfortunately, we ran out of cars. But the reservation keeps the car here. That's why you have the reservations. I know why we have reservations. I don't think you do. <laughs> if you did, I'd have a car. See, you know how to take the reservation. You just don't know how to hold the reservation. And that's really the most important part of the reservation, the holding. Anybody can just take them. Let me uh, speak with my supervisor. Uh, here we go. The supervisor. You know what she's saying over there? What? Hey, Marge, see those two people over there? They think I'm talking to you. So you pretend like you're talking to me. Okay, now you start talking. Oh, you mean like this, so it looks like I'm saying something, but I'm not really saying anything at all? Okay, now you say something else, and they won't yell at me because they thought I was checking with you. Oh, great, I think. Okay. I think that's enough. See you later. I'm sorry, my supervisor says there's nothing we can do. Yeah, it looked like you were in a real conversation over there. But we do have a compact, if you would like that. Fine. All right. Well, we have a blue Ford Escort for you, Mr. Seinfeld. Would you like insurance? Yeah, you better give me the insurance because I am going to beat the hell out of this thing. Yes. Just not quite on the same page. You know, it, communicating but not connecting. And, and so finally Jesus backed up and he said, 
uh, he looked at the crowd and he said, okay, I'm I'm not connecting. Uh, You're not getting it. Um, And so he grabs his 12 disciples and he pulls them away from the crowd. He says, all right, to you guys, I'm going to reveal the mystery. It's still mysterious to everyone else. But to you guys, I'm going to reveal it. And this is where he backs up and he says, he goes, you see the seed that I'm talking about? Nobody has any idea what I'm talking about when I say seed. But what a seed is, is a seed is a moment of enlightenment that lands in your heart, a.k.a. soil. It's a moment of enlightenment. Sometimes you'll have this enlightenment when you're reading the scripture. Sometimes you'll have this moment of enlightenment while the preacher is preaching. Sometimes you'll have this moment of enlightenment. You're just living your life and you'll feel the Holy Spirit just tell you something and you know that that's God speaking to you. Sometimes the moment of enlightenment is when somebody says something to you and you know they're right. That is seed. And now here's the big thing. Peter, pay attention. John, pay attention. I can already tell you're doubting me. Just hold on, Thomas. What you do with that seed determines... Are you guys listening? Are you listening? It determines how close you and I get. Because some of the seed is just going to die the minute it hits a heart. Other moments of enlightenment, it's going to come alive in their heart. Now, there's nothing wrong with the seeds. If it doesn't grow and the relationship doesn't flourish, there's nothing wrong with the moment of enlightenment. There's nothing wrong with the seeds. It has to do with the soil. Which is why some people hear a message and it propels them towards the Lord. Because it landed in soil ready and eager and hungry. But you can be sitting next to somebody else where the same seed gets thrown out. The same message, the same enlightenment, and it's Facebook, Facebook, Facebook. Oh my gosh, I only got four likes. Are you kidding me? It's my puppy laying down with a kitty. That never happens. I should get more likes. I'm not going to like your stuff either now. (laughs) So the message is going out. It's hitting some people and it responds. It hits other people and it just dies. And so what the Lord is saying is, if you want to know the mystery on how to be close to me, it's all wrapped up in seeds. The little moment, once you hear it, what do you do with it? Seeds. So half of the disciples got it and the other half didn't. 
If the disciples were 12 girls, they all would have got it. But it was 12 guys. And so they started looking at it like, ah, did you get that? Did you get that? So, so we're going to just try to build on this. Point number one is do you recognize a seed? When a moment comes where a preacher says just one sentence, I'm going to talk for about 35 minutes today, in just one sentence your spirit goes, uh, I got that. Just one. Yeah, somebody's going to ask you after the service, what did the preacher preach about? You're going to forget everything. But except for this, just one thing caught your attention. This one sentence caught your attention. This one word was living and active. And you just go, and do you recognize it? It's like, wow. You were talking to me when you said that. Do you recognize the seed? Do you recognize it and then back up and decide, I I heard that. See, the Bible says this. That Let me just read it to you. You guys ready? Say, I'm ready. Matthew chapter 13, verse 9. It says this. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. His disciples came and asked him, why do you use parables? Why are you talking about farming when we're asking about the kingdom? He says this, he replied, you are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but others are not. You guys understand it. I've allowed you to understand it, but not everybody gets to understand it. Watch what he says here. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. In other words, if you only understand just a little bit of God, just one little seed, say, I don't really understand this whole thing, but I do understand about this much. I'm going to come back to church. I'm going to open up the Bible again. The next time I feel that little voice, I'm not just going to shut it down. I'm just going to listen a little bit longer. If you do that, this is what he says. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. Oh, you're going to challenge, you're going to hang on to that one little moment? Well, guess what? Now I'm going to give you more. I'm going to give you more now. I'm going to give you more understanding. But watch what he says here. But, whenever there's a big but, it changes everything. You got to watch out for people who... (laughs) Oh, Jesus. But, for those who are not listening... Even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. Toy, come on up here real quick. Come on up here. Come on up here, Toy. So Toy has comes to church. He desires a relationship with God. And he gets one little seed of understanding. One thing that the preacher says. One thing while he's driving in his car, it just kind of falls in his heart. One thing, motorcycle, sorry. One thing... <laughs> One thing. Now, what you do with that, if you go and long for more, 
I'm going to give you more understanding. But if you decide, I don't really understand much. This is all I know. And you begin to withdraw from the house of God, from people of God, from that voice that speaks inside of you. You muzzle it down and do what you want to do. What you do have, you're going to lose. I'm going to use you again, Toy, but so don't get comfortable. Have you ever met somebody? Have you ever met anybody that when you knew them seven years ago, they were interested in God? They weren't on fire, but they were interested. Seven years later, they're not interested at all. Does anyone have any friends like that? Not interested at all. Well, what happened? Well, they had a little bit of understanding of God, but because they didn't recognize it as a seed and desire more of it, the little passion that they did have is now gone. Now they don't desire the Lord at all. I want to just hit pause for a second and say to everyone here, the fact that you came to church says that you have a level of passion in you. And you say, well, Frankie, it's it's not a lot. And in fact, I'm a little bit embarrassed to be here because if you knew how I lived, don't care how you live. The fact of the matter is, is that you have a little bit of passion and you came here wanting more. So before you leave today, your affection and longing for God, before you leave today, you'll have more. Before you leave today. Put your hands together for that. Some of you have already recognized it. You can tell while I'm talking, while you're sitting here, you're going, as a matter of fact, I think I do love God more right now than I did when I woke up this morning. Are you with me? So do you recognize it? Do you back up and recognize it? Because not everybody does. Some people will just... If somebody doesn't like my photo soon, do you see what I'm saying? So point number one, do you recognize the seed when it presents itself? Number two, do you cultivate it? Now, there's only two ways to cultivate a moment of enlightenment. That one moment of, huh, huh. I can remember I had a particular girlfriend when I was 17 years old and our relationship was going in a certain direction and I had this moment and I thought, this is not right. This is not the one I'm going to marry. So what do I do with that? And I recognized it. I thought, hold on a minute. That wasn't for me. That... That was, I think God put that in my heart. So now what do I do with that? Some people don't even recognize it. So what do you do with that moment? There's only two things you can do to cultivate a seed. To cause it to go from a seed to an orchard. There's only two ways you can do it. Number one is 
to pray. Now, here's the thing. Don't check out because praying can be very intimidating for a lot of people. My son said it this way. He's six years old. I, every night I put him to bed, we pray together. And I always say the same thing after he gets done praying. Bubby, you are such a good prayer. And he says the same thing back to me. Dada, you can't mess up praying. And I'm like, can you say that again? You can't mess up praying. If you're talking, you're praying good. If you can't talk very long, that's okay. There is no bad pray. I was a poet and I didn't know it too legit to quit. You can't mess it up. I preached on A time, B time, C time uh, a couple weeks ago. A time means I'm going to pray at 7 o'clock tomorrow. And if I miss that one, I'm going to aim for 11 o'clock tomorrow. And if I miss that one, I'm going to aim for 4 o'clock tomorrow. And, and, And on your first A time, you go, if I were to stop my life for the next 15 minutes, would anything bad happen? No, I'm going to pray. And if the answer is yes, then you just go to your B time. But this seed... This moment of, God, I love you, but I want to be crazy about you. Lord, I understand a little bit about you, but I want to understand a lot about you. What you do with that, the cultivating process is just praying. So you may not pray an hour in a day, but you don't go in a a day, you don't go an hour without praying. And number two is you stir it up. Paul told Timothy, stir it up. You got something in you. Stir it up. In other words, talk about it. Talk about it. Sometimes we don't want to talk about our love for God with people we live life with because they know the real us. Oh, see, you guys are got your poker face on. That's good. That's good. You go, I don't know what you're talking about. Don't know what you're talking about. All I do is just think about loaves and fishes and feeding the multitude. (laughs) Talk about it. Whether you feel awkward or not, talk about it so much until you're done feeling awkward. That's how you cultivate it. Number three is now you protect it. So watch this. Crystal. I'm going to use you because you did so good in the first service. Come on up here, Crystal. Doesn't Crystal sing good? Doesn't she sing good? Come on up here, Crystal. All right. So Crystal's relationship with God, hypothetically, has been the same for a long, 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 long time. It hasn't gone worse, but it hasn't gotten better. It's just been just like, it just, and then all of a sudden, something happens. Maybe it's something the preacher said. Maybe she read a bumper sticker. I don't know. Something happens. And the Holy Spirit comes into her life and drops a seed. Now, when Jesus told this parable, people didn't know what a seed was. And they didn't know what the different kinds of soil was. 
What they didn't understand is if a moment of God doesn't come alive in your heart, it's not because the seed is bad. Seeds, they're all the same. I got a big old bucket. There's not like, oh, these are bad seeds and that's a good seed. Here, pick out a good seed. They're all good. Now, when it lands, depending on the person it lands on, depends on how much we're going to get out of it. So one person is going to receive a seed, Darren. Boom. And then over here, Brother Dwayne. Now, both seeds are good. Both moments, both expressions, both moments of, huh, uh, that's me. Now, what happens to that seed in his heart and what happens to that seed in his heart depends on what kind of hearts they have. You see, the sun doesn't change, but the sun melts wax but hardens clay. It has to do with the integrity of the substance. So what Jesus is saying is you want to know about the kingdom. If you want to know about the kingdom and you want to know about your relationship with me, then you have to understand seeds. Because seeds are going to land in you and what you do with them determines whether or not my relationship with you grows. Now, Just press pause. You're doing great. Just stand here for a second. I got to take a quick sidebar. Is that good? Okay. Very important everybody realizes this. Satan has a bowl of seeds too. All right? So Satan, but he's not real creative, this guy. So he doesn't have a whole bunch of different seeds. All of his seeds are the same seeds. And he throws them out to everybody just as generously as Jesus does. So the Holy Spirit looks at all of his children and he takes seeds and he throws them out. They're little moments where our heart goes, it's like this enlightening moment. And then he says, cultivate that, cultivate that. If you do, we're going to get close. And the whole time Satan's like this. Oh, okay, 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 okay. I'm going to do that exact same thing. I'm going to get my own bowl of seeds, and I'm going to throw them out. And the ones that land, I'm going to go, come on, cultivate that, cultivate that. Now, his whole bucket of seeds, they're all the same seeds. Every single seed has got the same word on it. And it says, complaint. Because every sin starts with a complaint. The only reason why somebody curses somebody out is because they had a complaint. The only reason why someone commits adultery is because they had a complaint. The only reason why Eve and Adam ate of the tree is because they had a complaint. Jesus knew more than they do and they wanted to know more. All sin comes from a complaint. And so they just take seeds and throw them out there and they back up and they go. And they wait for people to complain about something. Because once we start complaining, 
then we start fleshing out following that complaint. I don't like toy. I don't like how you're treating me. So, boom! Do you, are you following me? And so be careful. Right before you complain, you may go, I want to get real ticked off right now, but I know where that came from. Back up. Does that make sense? You'll need to chew on that for the rest of the week probably because that's another sermon. It was kind of a sidebar deal. I'll preach on it some other time. Just chew on it. And now watch this. You, first of all, you've recognized it. Second of all, you're cultivating it with praying for it, but now you got to protect it. Everybody say protect it. Now, protect it means Satan wants to come into your life and take those seeds out. What do I mean by take those seeds out? The desire, the passion, the longing, wants to take it out. He wants to steal, wants to choke it. Using thorns, cares of this world, whatever. Take the seeds out. So there are things, think about them like drones. Drones that are going to come into your life to steal the seeds. Because if you hang on to those seeds, what's going to happen? You're going to get more. And you're going to get more. So you're going to have more passion. And with the little bit of understanding that you do have, you're going to get more understanding. God's just going to give it to you. Can you imagine having a ninth grade math level mind? But because you care so much about math, you wake up one morning and all of a sudden you're Einstein. Just E squared times D squared. You just, boom, that's exactly what happens. God just gives it to you. Now watch this. If the enemy can steal that, then he gets you back to where he wants you to be. And that's fighting all day and not being intimate with God. So this is how we protect the seeds. Everybody say, halt! You got to say it like, like, like you would say it in real life. Halt. Anytime you're, it's an acronym. Hurt, angry, lonely, or tired. Halt. Because if you're hurt, you're going to do something. You're going to lose the intimacy because you're so hurt. You're going to do something crazy. And in the moment of being crazy, your intimacy with the Lord, it it just gets really distant. You can sit down now. You did so good. It it gets distant. Hurt, angry. If you're ever angry, just lock yourself up just like the Hulk. Go into a safe. Because whatever you're about to do is not going to be good. Just say to yourself... I'm going to turn green in about 30 seconds. And I'm going to burn down this whole neighborhood in about 30 seconds. 
And in about an hour and 30 seconds, I'm going to realize any intimacy that I had with the Lord just feels, now the Lord will never leave you or forsake you, but it feels, my goodness, I'm on my own out here. And just an hour ago, I felt really close to the Lord and it was just really developing very nice. But now I feel like the Hulk. If you're ever hurt, angry, lonely, oh my goodness, if you're ever lonely, watch yourself. Just go to bed. Just go straight to bed. Go do, go to the movies. Go do something. Because whatever we do when we're hurt, angry, lonely, or tired, just halt because it's, you're not, it's probably not going to be a good thing. If you're tired, oh my goodness, we do crazy things when we're tired, don't we? Elijah called down fire from heaven in the Old Testament and burnt up all of the people that were against him. Can you imagine doing that? Have you ever had a neighbor that you just don't like? And they, the, the more you talk to them, the more they antagonize you and they antagonize you and they antagonize Can you imagine going, okay, hey, 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 hey. On three, one, two. And all you have left of your neighbor is a jerry curl on the sidewalk. He did that to all of the people that were challenging him. Those of you that don't know what a jerry curl is, I can't take you there right now. So here we go. He goes from that one moment. He's sitting underneath a tree just hours later, and now he's depressed. He's sitting under a juniper tree, and he's saying, dear God, just kill me. How in the world can you go from living that kind of life to that level of depression? An angel shows up before him, and Elijah goes, Help me! You know what the angel says? Go to sleep. Go to sleep. Okay. Read your Bible. He wakes up, and all of a sudden he feels a lot better. And then the angel says, hey, now eat something. This is really spiritual information I'm giving you. This is, very, this is like revelation. When you're hungry and tired, put your cell phone under the couch, pull the plug of the computer. I got Wi-Fi. Okay, whatever. Just don't talk to anybody. Because when you're hurt, angry, lonely, or tired, we got to protect it. Sometimes our eyes will begin to drift around. Sometimes our thoughts will start running away and we have to go, I can't think, I, I got to hang on to what I got. I got to hang on, I got to protect it. I can't look at it. I can't hang out with you. I can't talk like that. I can't go there. I need to protect it because I, 
I can't. I'm only yours. And the little bit you gave me, the little bit of passion, the little bit of insight, the the little bit of relationship that, that I have, it's just enough to make me want more. And you hang on to it. But first you have to recognize, you have to say, hey, this is a God moment right here. And I'm going to cultivate it. And I'm going to protect it. I'm going to recognize it, cultivate it, protect it. Recognize it, cultivate it, protect it. 